0: Okay, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, Wassalatu wassalamu ala Khatabil anbiya'i wal mursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa tabi'ina wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsan ila yaumid din. Amma ba'd. Certainly, all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator, the sustainer, and the controller of all that uh, uh that happens within the universe. And we invoke his peace and blessings upon his noble messenger, his family, his companions, and all those who follow them in righteousness until the end of time. And may Allah the Exalted cause us to be uh, with them. So you know what, that's going to pose a problem. If new people come, we need to create a space here for them to pass. So can we... Maybe just move this, yeah, these two desks over a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. So this way they have some space to go around there. Thank you. And if you keep the handouts with you, so as they come in, you can give them one. The sisters already got, so just take for yourself and yes, put the rest at the edge there. Thank you. No, put the rest at the end, okay. and you so take they do, one for they yourself, they yet, because they, they, yes, because they'll go through from there. Yeah,
1: all right. one, two, three, three people sitting
0: no, these three people, mashallah, they're in a meeting, so they won't be coming because of the volunteer meeting. Oh, okay. That's Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, the weather is getting really nice, days are getting longer, mashallah. Um, And I know people would like to spend time outside, so thank you for coming out to the class. Today, inshallah, we start with a new word, and that is akala. And uh, of course, we also eat every day, so it's also a very relevant word to us. And yes, this word akala, to eat or he ate, was used in the Qur'an, and we will take a look at the different uh, derivatives of this word used in the Qur'an. So the verb akala, he ate as it is, was used only one place in the Qur'an. And this is a verse from Surah Al-Ma'idah, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the various categories of foods that are prohibited as food sources. So Allah says, حُرِّمَتْ وَلَحْمُ الْخِنْزِيرِ وَمَا أُهِلَّ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ بِهِ وَالْمُنْخَنِقَةُ وَالْمَوْقُوذَةُ وَالْمُتَرَدِّيَّةُ وَالْنَطِيحَةُ وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ إِلَّا مَا ذَكَّيْتُ الله says prohibited to you for food that is are dead animals and dead animals refer to um, anyways, before we do, you know, go into an explanation of the ayah, let's just look at the Arabic word "akal" and how it was used: are dead animals, blood, the flesh of swine, that which was, that which has been dedicated to other than Allah, and those killed by strangling or by a violent blow or by a headlong fall or by the gorging of horns, and those from which a wild animal has eaten. So sabu, sabu. That words mean wild animals. Wild animals have akala minhu eaten from it, except what you are able to slaughter before its death in terms of uh, like game animals. So that is akala used in the past tense, uh, meaning uh, he ate or in this case wild animals ate from it. But if we go back, uh, of course, it's an important verse for us as Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, prohibited to you, that is for food or for eating, are dead animals. And dead animals refer to animals you find just dead. You don't know who slaughtered it, how it was slaughtered, or anything like that. You just find it dead. Even if it's still warm, like it has just been killed, then that's called dead animals. Or uh, some translations say carrion. And blood. wa Waddamu. Blood. Now, this blood, it is actually explained in another verse in the Quran, in which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala talks about Adam al the blood that flows out of the animal. Because inevitably, within the meat of the animal, there is still some blood that remains. You cannot get rid of all of it, but that is excused because that's beyond our control or our ability. But when you cut the throat of the animal, you know you. you you notice that the gut gushes out. That blood that flows, right, you cannot catch it in a container and then eat it. That is the blood that's haram. Whatever blood happens to remain within the meat that it's impossible to get rid of, then khalas, that is forgiven for us. So when Allah says blood, that's the blood He talks about. And I know uh, some people, what they do is, when the animal um, uh, in Guyana, there is a a treat that is made that is called black pudding. It's actually made from rice. Uh, but what the people do is they, they take the blood of the animal and they mix it with the rice and then they cook it. And then they take the intestines of the animal and they stuff it. Almost like a you know, like a, a bologna or a, or you know hot dog. That's what it looks like. And then you can cut that into slices now when you put a little bit of pepper sauce and it's, uh, well, supposedly tasty. I mean, we have nev- never eaten that. I know um, in my own family, uh, you know, like my mom or my sisters, they, they would, they, instead of using blood, they would use spleen to get the same effect as the blood, right? Because spleen is halal, but that blood that you catch that flows from the animal, that is haram. So, uh, but yes, this is what people do. So, uh, I, I also understand that there are people who, um, who collect the blood, and they let it coagulate, and then they actually slice it like liver, and they fry it, right? They eat That's it. Yes, so that is haram. And then Allah says, khinzir," And the flesh of the swine, All right? Basically, when it comes to the pig, the scholars say that benefiting from the pig in any way is haram not just the literal eating so you cannot rear pigs and say well I don't eat them I just you know sell them that is also haram All right, you cannot even the skin there, there is some difference of opinion regarding the skin where uh, some scholars go with the origin and say look benefiting from anything of the pig is haram while others say based on a hadith the prophet ﷺ says any skin that is tanned properly becomes pure it's no longer uh, impure Okay, um, so these scholars say, look, the hadith says if the skin uh, is tanned properly and it doesn't differentiate between the skin of the pig and the other animals, so they say, well, you know, even pig skin, if you if you if you if it's cured properly, then it's, it becomes clean. But the other scholars say, look, yes, the thing is, the pig though is an exception from this hadith, right? Benefiting from it. Okay, so uh, whether it's the actual flesh or you know. Um, other you know products from the pig, uh, lard, whatever, this would be haram. به, and that which has been dedicated to other than Allah. So people make sacrifices in the in the name of you know saints and, and, and whatever else, those kinds of sacrifices that were dedicated to to someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because as Muslims when we slaughter we say Allah's name. So if any other name is mentioned, it means that meat or that, that animal was 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 offered as a sacrifice to whatever name was mentioned, then that is also prohibited. That's haram. Walmunchonika. And those animals killed by strangling. Munchanika is to strangle something, right? You choke it to death. That's not allowed. Uh, that animal that was strangled, it's not halal. Wal mawqudha is the animal that um, that died from a violent blow, you know, you take a two by four, for example, and you whack it in the head, and it, and it falls dead, that is haram, wal mutaraddiya, mutaraddiya is the one that falls over like a cliff, you know, breaks its necks or something like that, and it dies, wal mutaraddiya um right, or by a headlong fall, right, that's what it refers to, like running over, chasing the animal over a cliff, it falls, and then, uh, at the bottom of the of the cliff, it uh, you know breaks its neck or something like that. One natiha, natiha is the animal that is gorged by the horns of another animal, and as a result, it bleeds to death. Let's say, okay. Sometimes you know uh, animals, they uh, you know gazelles and whatever else, elk. You know, the 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 male, the bucks, they they, they, they engage and they, they fight to defend their territory, whatever, and they end up gorging each other sometimes, right? That can lead to death. So Um, If the animal is gorged by another animal and it bleeds to death, you cannot eat it. And those from which a wild animal has eaten. So you pass by and you notice, uh, I don't know, a gazelle that that a cheetah has eaten from or a lion. You cannot eat from that. Except, Allah says, what you are able to slaughter before its death. So any of these wild animals... Or any of these animals that, let's say, was gorged by another animal, or it it ran off a cliff and it it, it hurt itself but it's not dead yet. Or, you know, you hit the animal but it's not dead yet, it's still alive. Okay? Um, Or even if the animal is strangled but it's not dead. Right? It's it's not strangulation till death. Allah says, except if you're able to now slaughter these animals yourself, then, uh, if you're able to slaughter them, then they're halal. If not, it's haram. Behind what?
1: Behind strangling. Let's say, strangling, I understand that. Uh, I can give you a, an example that. So, uh, let's say a cow uh, um, somewhere um, died with a and sometimes, some point of time, this cow is uh, strangled and dead. It cannot be eaten. That's what you means.
0: Yes, yes. Now, Not only that, I mean, even if a person deliberately strangles the animal. I don't know, but I'm saying, why would anyone want to strangle an animal instead of cutting its throat? I don't know, but I'm saying, even if deliberately someone were to strangle the animal, I mean, you're not going to strangle a cow, right? Um, But maybe a chicken, right? If someone decides, I'll just hold a neck like this and squeeze, you know, and cut (laughs) off the air supply, then that would be haram. Um, because, Because you see, what happens is that that does not allow the majority of the blood to flow out of the animal. Alright, this is why, this is why, you know, although, although uh, goat, a goat is a halal meat source, for food source for us, yes. if it's not slaughtered properly, it's haram. Right. And, 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 and in terms of the slaughter process, there are two things that are, that, or three things that are key. Number one, you have to say Allah's name. Right. And number two, you have to cut the throat. And number three, it ha- well, but when I say cut the throat, there are certain things that have to be cut as well. The scholars say it's the it's the um, the two arteries, right? The jugular veins, as well as the 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 windpipe, and the the esophagus, right? Yeah. So
1: Hindus cut from the back back. I, I know. I know. Hindu, Hindu.
0: I don't know. I don't know how this law. Lo- I haven't really yeah, paid attention so because our neighbors, know. the Hindu neighbors, they used to ask us to slaughter the chickens for them and, and their goats. Yeah. Yeah, subhanallah. They eat chicken and goat, but they never slaughter themselves. They always ask us to slaughter oh, for them. Yeah. So... of hunting, like say if somebody's going for... My father
1: was a hunter, I think
0: he he hunt, and then he and like when he's like... So when it comes to hunting, the scholars say what you do is, because, uh, I mean, the Quran doesn't talk about hunting with guns, because guns didn't exist then. It talks about hunting with dogs. You can you can send a trained dog to go out and catch an animal, and um, the Prophet ﷺ made it clear that if you say Bismillah before you send out the dog, khalas Then whatever the dog catches for you, that's halal. Uh, applying the same principle to arrows or spears or even guns these days, the scholars say, well, before you shoot, you say Bismillah. You know, you've mentioned Allah's name. No, here's the thing: if you if you Because when you shoot, the animal may, you may be at a distance to begin with. So by the time you get to the animal, it may die or it may still be alive. Or sometimes you shoot, but the animal may run a little bit as well before it actually falls down. Alright, so by the time you get to the animal, it it may still be some minutes later. So if you come up to the animal now and it's still alive, then it's compulsory to cut the throat to slaughter it. But if you come up to it and it has already died, then khalas, there is no cutting of the throat. Okay? Because you see, once you, if you injure the animal and it cannot run away anymore, but it's there still alive, now you have the ability to slaughter. You see, the permissibility of not having to slaughter is because the animal is wild and you will never get close to it to grab it to slaughter it, to tie it up and slaughter it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the shooting with arrows, right? At a distance, or sending your dog after the animal. Um, so, so, But once you have the ability now to, to catch the animal, to hold it, then yes, once it's alive. That's why, make sure you have your knife with you always. Because if you decide to go back and get your knife, the meat is no longer, and by the time you come back, it's died. It's not halal anymore. Because it was alive when you came up to it, and you didn't slaughter it. Okay. Yes. So that's how it is. Yeah. Can I ask uh, what about the uh, vitamins? Some vitamins it has uh, pork ingredients. Vitamins with pork ingredients. Uh, again, right? That's that's Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, you know, eating from the the, the the flesh of the pig. So as I said, the scholars have actually agreed that benefiting from the pig in any way, even if you're not eating it, it's haram. So if you have vitamins and it has product from the pig, my humble advice would be avoid that. You know, if you don't know, you don't know, but uh, look for an alternative, inshallah. All right, I know um, these vitamins for children. Um, When my kids were growing up, that was a bit of an issue. There were certain brands that we did not buy because they had uh, products that were like that. And, you know, alhamdulillah, there were other uh, brands though that, that had good ones. Okay. Of course, this is not the only ayah. Since we're talking about this, this is not the only ayah in the Quran about the prohibited categories of food. There are other verses as well. Um, actually, there are four verses in the Quran, and if you were to put all together, then Masha Allah, you get a much clearer uh, picture of uh, of this issue as well, right? Because the other verses would add more information to this one. But remember, our our main objective is not is not to do the tafsir of the ayah per se. But to look at that word, that Arabic word from the verb akala that was used. um, So that's why I didn't really, I don't want to get into too much into the other verses. So that's akala used one place in the Quran. And then we have akala with an alif. Now who can tell me what this means? No, the plural form always has a wow. And that's coming. When it has an alif, it actually shows the dual, the two of you. In English, you might still say they, because in English, there is no particular dual form of the word. Okay? We still say they in English for two, but in Arabic, we don't say plural. It's called a dual. And to represent that, the alif is usually the letter added to the verb or to a word that indicates the dual now. So, if you take away the alif at the back, you have akala. But well, when you add the alif to the lamb, it becomes akala. With that, that stretch now, that becomes two of them. So, akala would mean the two of them ate. Not just they ate. Do you know precisely how many? Okay, you know precisely how many. And this verb was also <coughs> excuse me, used one place in the Quran, in Surah Taha. <sighs> And this here is the story of Adam and Eve, alayhim as-salam. Allah says, فَأَكَلَا right, This is just one verse from a number of verses that in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the story of Adam and his creation. And Allah says, and they ate of it, akala minha, They ate from it, from that tree. But notice in brackets I put two of them, because that's what the word akala literally means. The two of them ate of it. Because if you just say they ate from it, you might get away with the idea that it's plural, in the sense that it's more than two. But know here specifically it's two, and the two people are Adam and Eve. Hawa. And when they ate from this tree, at that moment... But that lahumas That's when their nakedness became apparent to them. Before that, Subhanallah, they were both naked, and it did not seem like an issue for them. They never really noticed or realized that, right? It, it was not something they felt shy about. But as soon as they ate from the tree, that happened. They began to feel, uh, you know, the private their, their, their nakedness because they were completely naked. Um, uh, began to be something that they felt shy about. So Allah says, min waraqil jannah." And they began to fasten over themselves from the leaves of paradise. So they were like taking leaves, right? You know, and trying to cover themselves. Allah, Allah says, And Adam disobeyed his lord and he erred. All right. And of course, again, there is a lot more to this story than just this one ayah. But it's that one word, akala. They ate from it, the two of them. That uh, is relevant to our discussion, and then we have akalahu. Now, if you take out the who, you still have akalah that we just passed. He ate, all right? And akalahu, the who at the end is a pronoun that's the object. So he ate it, or something ate him, or something ate it. Okay. And it was used two places in the Quran. Uh, This example is from Surah Yusuf, alayhi salam. And this verse is after they took Yusuf to play with them, right? Remember they had a plan to get rid of Yusuf, so they begged their dad to send him with them, and they pledged to protect him, and they of course didn't do that because they had their plan. So they came back to their father, and they said, "Qalu ya abana, inna dahbna nastabqu wa tarakna Faakalahu الذِّئْبُ Dhib means a wolf. A wolf ate him. They said, Our father, indeed, we went racing. نَسْتَبِقُ means to race with each other. We went racing each other and left Joseph with our possessions. You know, we left him with all our things. You know, he was sitting there and we were racing. And while he's there alone and we were running to the other side of the field, Faakalahu الذِّئْبُ a wolf ate him. So, Akala, uh, he ate, right? A wolf ate him. All right, and then we have. I yes? I uh, just to he didn't eaten by wolf yet. Why, no. did they, like, why
1: did they well
0: yeah. Well, what they did, as Allah mentions in Surah of Yusuf, they found a, a well and they dropped him in the well. You see. They were jealous. They felt that their father loved him more than he loved them. And they took that to heart. And their plan was, look, if we get rid of Yusuf, then our father's attention will be focused on us. But they couldn't uh, you know, uh, get to the point where they didn't have the bravery and the courage to actually kill him. So they decided to just drop him in a well... Alright, at least they didn't have to actually kill him, but their expectation is he would have died from being in there. As it turned out, he didn't die. Alright? He was, you know, uh, taken out of the well and taken to a far land away, and they never heard from him, so they just assumed that was the end of him. Alright, the main thing is they wanted to get him out of the picture. Um, But, so, so the wolf did never ate him. Okay? But remember... They 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 promised their father they would take care of Yusuf. And he that's why that's why he sent Yusuf with them. Now they're coming back without Yusuf. What are they going to tell their dad? So they made up the story, a lie. And that's not all. You know what the Quran says in the ayah before this? Alright, Allah says they came with his shirt that was bloodied, but with false blood, not his blood. All right? Now, I know some, some, you know some people say, well, you know, they caught a chicken or a rabbit, and they killed it. No. The Quran doesn't say what animal uh, they caught or whatever, but they, they, the Quran says that he came with a bloodied shirt of his to their father, and that's when they say, oh, father, we went racing with each other. We left Yusuf by our, next to our, our possessions, and you know what? A wolf ate him, and here is his shirt, you know, as proof, right? You know, they must have ripped it up a little bit, and so on. Um, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran He says, "Wajau bi qamisihi, wajau ala qamisihi bidamin He referred to this blood as false. It wasn't. It wasn't his blood. So they lied. Yes. The bottom line is they lied. Um, and that was the first of their major mistakes because they wanted to get rid of him but they couldn't bring themselves, you know, they can't tell the dad well, we dropped him in a well, man, right? Or, you know, subhanAllah. So that's what they did that. But they wanted to get rid of him. Their primary purpose was that they hoped after this with Yusuf not being around, the attention of their father would have been focused on them. Um, but you see, the, their father, Yaqub, is Yaqub alayhi salam. He he knew things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was a prophet of Allah, that his these sons didn't know. All right, And that's why it seemed to them that Yusuf was sort of the favorite one. But I mean, all fathers are obligated to treat their children equally. Yes, naturally there is one or two or whatever that you might have this sort of special uh, bond with in, in, a, in a special way. But that still should not... Uh, be a reason why the parent, uh, you know, treats that one with uh, with more favoritism. Okay, so that's akalahu, and then we have akalu. Now, what is the meaning of akalu? This is the plural one. They, plural, right? With the wow, it's always the plural. So they ate. This is used one place in the Quran, in Surah again uh, Al maidah Allah says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ أَقَامُوا الْتَوْرَةِ And and here he talks about Bani Israel. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ أَقَامُوا الْتَوْرَةَ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ لَأَكَلُوا مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ وَمِنْ تَحْتِ أَرْجُلِهِمْ Allah says, and if only they had upheld the law of the Torah and the Gospel, right the Injil, and what has been revealed to them from their Lord, if they had upheld the teachings of the revelation that was sent to them from their Lord, Allah says, here is the result. The result would have been, they would have consumed, they would have eaten, right? Akalu, They would have eaten, provision that is from above them and from beneath their feet. Now, in Arabic language, this expression, from above you and from below you, and sometimes you have from the right and from the left. Okay? Sometimes you have from in front and behind. And sometimes you have a combination of some of these. Okay? This, these expressions in Arabic basically mean from all around. Right? It's an expression to show that from anywhere, this is what would have happened. In other words, with, 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 with the utmost ease, they would have been able, Allah would have blessed them. Right? This is the point of the verse. لأكلوا, they would have been blessed with sustenance from every which way. SubhanAllah right as allah says from above them from below them right and this you know these are this expression is not to be taken literally per se it it just shows from all different means possible uh, they would have eaten that is they would have they they would have received provision from allah sustenance from allah in other words allah would have opened up the doors of his blessings for them if they had only upheld the teachings of the torah and the injil and whatever other injunctions were revealed to them from their lord as allah says among them are minhum among them are a moderate community wa minhum sa'ama but many of them evil is that which they do and this is also another amazing thing about the verse it does not paint all of them with one brush allah says from them There are a community, a moderate community, and and that's an important lesson for us as well. Not to generalize, uh, and paint everybody with the same brush. So that is akalu, and then we have ta'akulu, right? So those are the only forms of the past tense verbs that were used in the Quran: akala, akala, akalahu, which is akala, and akalu. Now ta'akulu, we have the present tense. All right. And this word ta'akulu can either mean you ate or she ate, and again the context will make it easy to figure it out. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Inna Allaha <laughs> yudhikulu al-ladhin aamanu wa'amilu jannatin salihat tajri min tahtiha al-anhar, wa kafaru ladhin kafaroo yatmatta'una wa yakuluna kama ta'kulu al-an'amu, wa al-nar mithwil all right, so, Kamatu al Anam. An'am means cattle. And because it's a non-human plural, when you deal with the non-human plural in Arabic, you deal with it as, uh, uh, in, uh, as if it's feminine singular. So here, uh, ta'kulu is not you, but your cattle eat. Cattle here is treated as feminine singular. Here's what Allah says. Indeed, Allah will admit those who have believed and done righteous deeds to gardens beneath which rivers flow. But those who disbelieve, they enjoy themselves and eat as graze, grazing livestock eat, right? An'am is grazing livestock or cattle, right? They eat, they enjoy themselves and they eat as cattle eat. And the fire will be a residence for them, right? Um, what do you think they eat as cattle eat? What does, exactly does that mean? It just eats and then you know it sleeps, and then the next it eats again, and that's it, right? But for the believers, life is much more than that, right? Um, it's much more than you know, a, a, a literal enjoyment. Enjoyment is permissible, alhamdulillah, but the objective of life is not always enjoyment. Now, ta'akuluhu is the same as ta'akul, except that now. The pronoun it was added to the word, and that's why it might look strange, but really that "who" at the end, if you take it out, you have ta'akul. And this expression ta'akuluhu was used just one place in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Imran, Allah says, <laughs> They are those, and of course this ayah is related to the ayahs before it, and here Allah gives a quality of, uh, or characteristic of the people he's talking about. Allah says, they are those who said, indeed Allah has taken our promise, Right? he has given us a pledge, a promise not to believe any messenger until he brings us an offering which the fire which a fire from heaven will consume right so the fire will consume ta'kuluhu an the fire will consume it or the fire will eat it if you like all right of course this is never true um, this was just their way of uh, denying the message and uh, trying to belie the messenger right that you know the, the he's supposed to messenger is supposed to bring this offering um, and you know, this fire from heaven will come down and eat the offering or consume it. That's how we'll know he's telling the truth. Right? right. So they were kind of challenging the prophet to do that. So that's ta'kulu. And then we have the plural ta'kuluna. Yes? Mm hmm. Okay, the question is, uh, in terms of the two sons of Adam, Cain and Abel, when they offered a sacrifice or an offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says in the Qur'an, it was accepted from one, it was not accepted from the other. Okay, that's what the Qur'an says. The Qur'an doesn't say specifically whether or not, Uh, the fire burned burned one and it didn't burn the other, meaning that one was accepted and the other was rejected. No, but Allah says that it was accepted from one and rejected from the other. Okay? Um, So, because, you know, subhanAllah, in terms of the details, uh, when Cain made his offering, uh, according to the, the historians, they say that he was a farmer so he had agricultural produce to to offer as his offering while abel was a he had sheep he was the owner of sheep so they say that abel the one from whom allah accepted when he made his offering he sought the best sheep he had right the best sheep and he offered it because you know subhanallah this is how we relate with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we give the best while Cain, you know, he just grabbed a, a handful of whatever crops he had that weren't really the best quality. Right? He didn't have use for it, so he figured, okay, I can give this away as, you know, no big deal, I'm not going to lose anything. And as a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not accept his offering because he was never sincere. Right? He didn't want to give it, he just grabbed something and gave it away that he felt, you know, he would not lose from. And so, the lesson for us is we don't do that, right? Whatever we offer, we do the best with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah has given us everything, anyways. Okay? Alright, and then we come to ta'kuluna. Ta'kuluna is a plural of ta'kulu, alright? You add the wa wa noon and you get the plural, antum, you, uh, second person, right? Remember that. The ta at the beginning tells you it's second person plus it's plur- uh, 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 present tense. And this verb, ta'kuluna, was used 12 places in the Quran. Uh, this is an, uh, an ayah. Allah, in this ayah, Allah says, "Wama the bahrani, Here's the word. Here's the word. Here's ujaj. word. Here's Here's the word. وَتَرَى الْفُلْكَ فِيهِ لِتَبْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِهِ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ This is Surah Fatir. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, And not alike are the two bodies of water. That is, the two bodies of water are not alike. And what are the two bodies? The fresh and the salt. One is fresh and sweet, palatable for drinking. So it's good for drinking. And one is salty and bitter. milhun ujaj. Milh means salty or salt. Right? So the Arabic word for salt is milh. So at home, when you ask for salt, that's milh. And ujaj, bitter. Um, you know, sometimes even the sea water, although it's generally salty, there are certain times when it's actually more, more salty than other times. Allah says, however. من كلن تأكلون but from each you eat، right you eat plural you eat لحم طرية fresh and tender meat right this is seafood. وتستخرجون and you extract ornaments right where where do pearls come from? pearls right one of the you know a woman's best friend they say pearls. And, f- and you extract ornaments which you wear. And you see the ships plowing through them, right? You know, these big ships, if you look at them, uh, uh, when the bow parts the wave, subhanAllah, it looks like it's plowing through the water. That you might seek of His bounty. And perhaps, as a result, you might be grateful for all of this. Right? So here, Allah says, And from each of the two two bodies of water, the fresh and the salty, from both, you get fresh, tender meat. Right? The meat, the fish uh, from the, the sea, the meat is not salty, because it lives in salt water, subhanAllah. When you cook, you still have to add some salt to the curry, right? Although it lives in salt water, the meat is, is fresh and tender. And likewise, the fresh water, so subhanAllah. They're very different, and yet, uh, from both, the human being gets tremendous bounties from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is ta'kulun. And then we have ta'kulu, without the noon. So it's the same verb, ta'kuluna, without the noon. And as I've said before, it's plural. Um, So it still means you eat. Uh, The only difference here is that the noon was deleted due to a grammar reason, right? So that's purely grammatical purposes. The meaning of the word is not affected at all. And it was used without the noun ta'kulu like that ten places in the Quran. In our example from Surah Til An'am, Allah says, "Wala ta'kulu mimma lam yuzkar ismullahi 'alahe, wa inna hu la fisq, wa inna shayatin la yuhoona ila auliainhum liyujadilukum, wa in a'tatumuhum inna kum la mushrikoon." Allah says, "And do not eat you ta'kulu. You people do not eat." Meaning of the meat, of that upon which Allah's, the name of Allah has not been mentioned. Do not eat of that upon which the name of Allah has not been mentioned. For indeed it is grave disobedience. And indeed the devils do inspire their allies to dispute with you. And if you were to obey them, Allah says indeed you would also become mushrikun. Or mushrikeen, you will become associators of others or partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, don't obey them and do what you're commanded by Allah, that's, way, that's how you do the right thing. So here Allah says, kulu. So that ta'kulu without the noon, and the noon was only dropped because of the grammatical issue. So And you do not eat, right? The la is a negative, so that's why we say do not eat. So this is also an important ayah for us regarding our food, right? Yep. So uh, what's interesting, if you look at the verse, Allah says, "Do not eat of the uh, of that which upon of that upon which the name of Allah has not been mentioned." It means you have to know His name has not been mentioned. Once you know His name was not mentioned, you cannot eat anymore. If you don't know, then maybe you can give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Okay. But if you know, it doesn't matter now. You cannot eat of that meat. So, um, this is important for us as Muslims. And this verse doesn't talk about the cooked food. Before you actually eat it, you say, Bismillah. Some people try to say that's what it means. It's not that what, that's not what it means. Okay. Um, because there's another ayah in which Allah says, what is the matter with you? تأكلوا تأكلوا Allah says, what is the matter with you that you do not eat of that which Allah's name has been mentioned? So that verse clearly indicates that it's not the food that you're actually eating in the moment. Because it already says Allah's name has been mentioned, why is it you don't want to eat? Alright? Because you and I when we eat, we say Bismillah and we start to eat. We don't say Bismillah and then stop eating and don't eat anymore, right? So really this, these, these verses are talking about the meat that is slaughtered. The animals that are slaughtered, the meat that come from these animals at the time of slaughtering. Allah says, do not eat of the meat at, at, at which time, you know, at, at whose slaughtering the name of Allah was not mentioned. So that is an important part. I talked about the requirements for these halal food sources to be halal for us to actually eat. In the slaughtering process, we have to look at two things, or three things as I mentioned, right? The name of Allah must be mentioned. You have to cut the throat. You can't, you know, like the Qur'an says, strangle the animal or, or whack it in the head with a two-by-four or something. And you also have to do so with a sharp object. Okay, with a sharp object. Um, and there are certain things, the Prophet ﷺ says, your, your sharp object should not be a nail or a bone, Okay? So you can't take the bone of an animal and, you know, make a sharp edge and use that as your knife. You have to use some other stone, like a rock, a piece of rock or a piece of metal, let's say. Yeah. Okay, and then we have ta'kuluha. All right? So ta'kuluha is the same as ta'kulu, except that now the noon was dropped, but then the ha, it, was added to the word. Ta'kuluha. Sorry? No. Ta'akulu is still the same ta'akulu, you masculine plural. The ha, the object, is what is feminine here. The object, yes. Yes, alright? Yes. Because in Arabic, we don't have, we don't, we don't say call anything it. Everything is either he or she, or him or her, you know? Or his or or hers. Something like that, right? So for the for the masculine, we say who, right? Ta'akulu who, eat it. And for the feminine, ha. Ta'akulu ha. You eat it. So um if you were talking about something that's in the Arabic language is masculine, you would say I ate it using the masculine word or pronoun. And if that object was, let's say, feminine, then you'll use the feminine pronoun, right? But when you translate, of course, you know, in English language, because there's an it gender per se, when you translate, you translate appropriately, all right? So you don't say, you know, you eat you 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 eat her. you right? you would say you eat it, right? Because that's how English is. All right. So this this expression was used only one place in the Quran in Surah An-Nisa. Allah says wa batalu li-yatama hatta idha balaghul nikah fa in anastu minhum rushdan fadfa'u ilayhim amwalahum wa la taakuluhu israfan wa bidaran an yakburu. Allah says, "And test the orphans." And the testing here is to get a sense of whether they are mature and they are capable of making sound and good judgments. The orphans, so test the orphans in their abilities, meaning, you know, to see whether they are they can make good judgments, until they reach marriageable age. And why do you think Allah says marriageable age here? Like mature enough to make good judgments and sound judgments regarding their finances, because that's what the ayah is about. Allah says then if you perceive in them sound judgment, release their property to them, right? Give them back their wealth. Because when you take care of an orphan, automatically you're also guardian of their wealth. But because they're too small, they cannot make proper decisions regarding their wealth, and that's why their guardian, whoever that person is, you know, most likely a relative maybe, um, that person is obligated to also look after the wealth. And Allah says when they grow, and they reach that marriageable age. Now you test them, all right. And if you if you figure or you see in them sound judgment, the ability to make good and sound judgments, Allah says, give them back their wealth. Then Allah says, وَلَا إِصْرَافًا وَبِدَارًا yakburu. And do not consume it, right? Do not eat it excessively, and quickly before they grow up, right? So you want to use it up before they grow up. So when they grow up, there is nothing to give them. Allah says, don't do that. وَلَا تَأْكُلُوهَا إِسْرَافًا إِسْرَاف, you know, means wastefully, excessively. You know, uh, uh, um, in other, well, the same verse actually, Allah mentions that if the guardian of the orphan is wealthy, the best thing for him or her, فَلِيَسْتَعْفِفْ Not to touch the property of the orphan. Because you're wealthy enough, you can manage on your own. But sometimes that's not the case, right? The guardian of an orphan might be someone who himself is a poor person. And you know, sometimes when you have to look after somebody, you you may need to spend wealth and money, right? So Allah says, in that case, the one who is not wealthy is allowed to take or to eat or to use from the wealth of the orphans. But only bil maruf, Allah says, on terms that are reasonable and fair and just. So no guardian should ever think, you know what, this orphan has a lot of wealth. How can I get all this wealth? Once they grow up and they reach marriageable age, I gotta give them back, right? So now I am thinking, well, how can I, you know, use up this wealth before I have to give it back? Allah says, don't do that. <laughs> you can eat, right? If you're not wealthy yourself, Allah says you can use that. But bil maruf on reasonable terms. But not with the intention to extravagantly use up this wealth so by the time they get big they have nothing and you claim oh well I was you know, looking after you yakburu, you know, in, in trying to do this quickly before they grow up and whoever when acting as guardian is self-sufficient should refrain from taking a fee don't take anything man do it for the orphans and whoever is poor let him take according to what is acceptable then when you release their property to them, bring witnesses upon them, right? When you do that, you get witnesses. To witness that you have, mashaAllah, given them and signed over to them all their wealth. So that there are no accusations in the future. Oh, you didn't give us everything and whatever else, right? sufficient is Allah as an accountant. But still, although Allah will hold us accountable. He still warns us, you know, be accountable now. Before you uh, uh, meet him, but nevertheless, even if you do the wrong thing and you get away with it here, Allah says sufficient is he as an accountant. You have to face him for an account anyways. So, alhamdulillah, this is also another beautiful verse from the Qur'an that uh, teaches us noble characteristics and noble etiquettes of uh, dealing with orphans. Okay, and then we have Na'kulu. All right, with noon at the beginning, what does this, what does this word mean? Uh, we, not us, us is the object, we, we, yeah. nakulu. so what would na'akulu mean? We eat. we eat, yes, right, so inshallah at home try to use some of these words, right, you know, you know, say na'akul, let's eat, you know, or Nusalli, let's pray. All right, na'akulu, we eat, was used one place in the Qur'an, and this is a verse from Surah Al-Ma'idah, and it's a verse from the story of Isa a.s. with his disciples, قَالُوا نُرِيدُ أَنْ نَأْكُلَ مِنْهَا Notice, أَنْ نَأْكُلَ مِنْهَا وَتَطْمَئِنَّ قُلُوبُنَا وَنَعْلَمَ أَنْ قَدْ صَدَقْتَنَا وَنَكُونَ عَلَيْهَا مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ Before this ayah the, ayah, the ayah before this one, the disciples of Isa salam, they asked him, they said, O oh Isa, is your Lord هَلْ يَسْتَطِيعُ رَبُّكَ أَنْ يُنَزِّل علينا مائدة من السماء? They said O oh Isa is your lord capable to send down for us from the heavens a food a table spread like a table full of food for us And Isa alayhi salam qalu taqullah He says guys fear allah what is this So then they responded by saying qalu nuridu an na'kula minha They said we wish to eat we wish to eat we want to eat from it and let our hearts be reassured And know that you have been truthful to us. So they wanted it as a sign as well, right? To give them peace of mind and conviction of the heart that whatever Isa alayhi salam came with, it was indeed the truth, right? So they wanted a sign, a miracle. And be among its witnesses, right? That we wanted to be witnesses after this. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Isa alayhi salam said, okay, that's why you guys want this? No problem. He prayed to Allah. And he asked Allah to send down this table spread for them, right? To be a sign for the first and the last of us and so on. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Okay, I will send it down, but whoever disbelieves after that, it is serious now. Because you you asked for the sign, you got it, and you still didn't believe. Well, then you're going to have a double punishment. Okay, so that's what they said. We nuridu and naqul. We would like to eat from it. Okay, and then we have yakulu. What is yakulu? Sorry? No? Present tense, right? It's present tense, mm-hmm. but specifically which pronoun? Uh, he. He, very good, he. Alright, yeah, at the beginning tells you it's present tense plus third person, with no addition at the back, it's he, always he. And ya'kulu yeah, was used uh, six places in the Quran. Uh, in this example, uh, this is a verse from Surah Al Furqan. Allah says, وَقَالُوا الرَّسُولِ يَأْكُلُ الطَّعَامَ وَيَمْشِي في الأسواق. أنزل علي, أنزل إليه فيكون معه And they say, what is the matter with this messenger? right One of the issues that the Meccans had with the Prophet ﷺ, they said, what's the matter with this messenger? He eats food and he walks in the marketplaces like he's one of us? In other words, you were saying, you know, why didn't Allah send an angel, man? You know, messenger eats food like us and he walks in the marketplaces. Why was there not sent down to him an angel? So he would be with him a warner, right? Why doesn't an angel come to be with the Prophet, you know, and together they do this. All right, in other verses in the Quran, um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look, you know, even if we had sent an angel as a messenger, Allah says... We would have made him wear what you guys wear, so in all respects he would have looked like a human being, anyways. You wouldn't know the difference. So Subhanallah, right? Uh, they said, "What is the matter with this messenger?" Ya kulu ta'am, he eats food and walks in the markets like, you know, like a human being. You know, they 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 they're saying, you know, we wanted somebody else or some some other creature like an angel to be a messenger. So that's ya Use six places in the Quran. And then we have, who He eats it. Alright, so it's the same, Yakul, But now we added the pronoun, who, And this verb was used, or this expression was used twice in the Qur'an. This example is from Surah Yusuf. Remember the story we've covered, first of all, with Akala, the very first word, when they went back to their dad, and they said, Look, you know, oh Father, we went racing, and then we left him with our possessions, and a wolf ate him. Well, this verse is before that. When they when they plotted, they they now had to get their father to send Yusuf with them. So they went to him and they said to him, "Oh, father, why don't you uh, why don't you send Yusuf with us, man? He's our brother. Let's you know take him on and play with him." And he said to them, Qala, "Innan inni أَنْ تَذْهَبُوا bihi." وَأَخَافُ أَنْ يَأْكُلَهُ الذِّئْبُ وَأَنْتُمْ عَنْهُ غَافِلُونَ He said, and this is their father, Ya'qub Alayhi he says, indeed it saddens me when they ask him to send Yusuf with them. He says, you know, it, it saddens me or it will make me sad that you should take him and I fear that a wolf would eat him. الذئب. Right? That the الذِّئْبُ the, the wolf will eat him while you are of him unaware. Like what happened, right? They left him, supposedly, and when they ran to the other side, the wolf saw its chance, right? So he says, you know, in a moment of unawareness from you, you're not paying attention, I'm afraid the wolf may eat him. And maybe this, this is why they decided to come back and say, you know what? The wolf ate him, Dad. Because the idea was already in his mind, right? Yeah. So subhanallah. But that was not true at all, right? Okay, and we have, Yakulu Hunna. So same ya but with the pronoun hunna yeah. and and this is plural now hunna is plural right feminine plural so female, right? yeah yeah hunna is the female female plural feminine plural Use two places in the quran and also in surah yusuf all right it's also from surah yusuf wa al maliku inni ara sab'a baqarat siman yakuluhunna sab'un ijaf. And the king said, indeed, I have seen in a dream, that is, seven fat cows eating them or seven lean ones. So seven lean ones were eating the seven fat ones. And seven, what else did he see? And seven green spikes of grain and others that were dry. O eminent ones, these are his advisors. Explain to me my vision, my dream, that is, if you... Indeed, can interpret visions or dreams. Right? Vision here, dreams. Right? This was part of the dream of the king in Egypt, and nobody could to interpret the dream. They actually said to him, "Look, you know, these are just, these are just ahlam. These are just aimless dreams." You know, scientists tell us that a lot of what we dream—it's really the brain just sorting information as we sleep. Because when we are awake, um, we actually absorb information that often we're not even uh, conscious of. Because right? while I'm looking this way, from the periphery of my eyes, I'm still seeing certain things. All right? I'm talking here, but if, if, they, if, they, if, if a car honks its horn, I, I can still hear that. Right. So uh, uh, every day as we're awake and we go about our lives, there are a lot, there's a lot of information that we subconsciously absorb, that we, we're not really focusing on. And they say that dreams, a lot of the dreams are really when we sleep now, that's when the brain has the time because you're, you're no longer active doing things that the brain has to focus on. It now has the time to sort these dreams. And so in the process, that's why often when you have dreams, it seems very weird you're places where you've never been. You're doing things that are, you know, maybe even impossible. You have animals chasing you, so you're running one minute, then the next minute you're flying, mashallah, and all kinds of weird things, right? This is in the process of, of sorting it, right? It creates like this picture. So the advisors of the king told him the same. he says these are just dreams, you know, and we don't interpret dreams, you know. These kind of just you, uh, you know, uh, aimless dreams. But at this point, remember, in jail, there were two people with Yusuf. One of them remembered that Yusuf had interpreted a dream for him. So he told the king, you know what, send me, I will will get the interpretation for you. And he went back to Yusuf, and Yusuf uh, would interpret the dreams, uh, the dream for him. And, And not only that, but he told him what steps to take, because this dream, right? Seven lean cows, eating seven fat ones, right? This was really talking about the fat cows represented, Yusuf told him, seven years, of abundant agricultural produce, and the seven lean cows that will eat up, the se- that were eating up the seven fat ones. These are seven years of drought and famine that would end up eating up all the stores and stocks of food. So he gave him advice what to do as well, right? In in order to survive, and remember, that's how his brothers came. Remember, eventually, when his brothers came. And they didn't recognize him. This is why. They were looking for food, man. There was a famine throughout the place. And they came into the city hoping to get food. And they had no clue that they would have to deal with their own brother, Yusuf. So this is the, the verb, ya'kuluhunna, right? The lean cows were eating, sab'un uh, ijaf, the, 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 sorry, the seven uh, fat ones. And then we have, ya'kulani. Alright, what does this one mean? yaakulani yaakulu means he eats But this has an alif and noon. What do you think it means? It's not he anymore. Plural. And it's not plural because plural is with the wow. Ya'kuluna. So what is it? You guys remember the second word we did today? What's the second word? Yes, go back. <laughs> okay. What is it? Akala. What, did that mean? what does it mean? So, dual form. The, dual, the dual form. So, Ya'kulani is the present tense of the dual form. Oh. Right? So, Akala is the past tense of the dual form, and Ya'kulani is the, pre, is the present tense form of that dual form. All right, you notice the alif after the lamb, Ya'kula. Mm-hmm. That's, the, uh, that's the alif there that represents the dual. So Ya'akulani, The two of them eat, uh, present tense, um, is used only one place in the Qur'an. In, this is a verse from Surah Al-Ma'idah. Uh, Allah the Exalted says, إِبْنُ مَرْيَمَ إِلَّا رَسُولُ قد خلت من قبله وأمه صديقة يأكلان الطعام. The two of them, كان, used to eat food, the Messiah, son of Mary, was not but a messenger. He was nothing more than a messenger. Not part God, not the son of God, not God himself, no divine attributes, right? He was nothing more than a messenger. Other messengers have passed on before him. Right? Messengers live and then they, you know, their time comes to an end and they, they passed on. And his mother was a supporter of truth. Right? His mother was a lady of truth. Allah says they both used to eat food, his mother and himself. So this is an indication that he, he did not have divine qualities. All right? Because the divine does not need to eat. They both used to eat food. Look how we make clear to them the signs. Then look how they are deluded. Right? The signs are clear and yet people are deluded. SubhanAllah. They still cannot see the truth. And this is why we thank Allah for, for, for guidance. For having guided us. So that Yakulani, used only one place in the Qur'an. And then we have Yakulna. Alright. Now this one is rarely used. What does it mean? Present what plural?
1: Present,
0: uh, it's the present tense and it's the feminine plural. So it's they but feminine plural. Hunna. Alright. Yakulna. Means they ate, or they eat, but it's feminine. And it was used one place in the Qur'an, again in Surah Yusuf. And this verse is part of the explanation that Yusuf gave to the, to the man who came to him with the dream. Narrating to him the dream of the king. Alright, he tells the man, ثُمَّ يَأْتِي مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ سَبْعٌ مَا قَدَّمْتُمْ لَهُنَّ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِمَّا He said to them, he said to the man, that is, then will come after that, right? This is after the, the seven fat cows, those are the seven good years. He says, after that will come seven difficult years, those are the lean ones, the lean cows. Not only that, in the seven lean years, you will consume and eat up all the stores of food, right? Which will consume what you have saved for them, except a little from which you will store. So he told them to store a little bit, because you need seed to plant again. All right, so make sure you store some, but all the other food that you you have for eating, these seven years of, of, of famine, of hardship, the lean years, you will eat up all of that. Except this, what you have stored, like for seed for planting again. So he not only told them what the dream meant, that you know you would have seven good years, then seven bad years, and in the seven bad years you'll you'll just eat up and consume everything that you've you've uh, managed to 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 store. No, he says, look, except that little bit you set aside that you store there for seed, it w- you know, just leave that aside, because once the drought is over, you need to replant. If you didn't keep seed, how are you going to replant? Right. So Subhanallah, in his uh, interpretation of the dream. He just didn't interpret it. He actually told them what to do, what measures to take to come out ahead of the game, insha'Allah. So that is يَأْكُلْنَ Alright? Um, so the seven, she dead, right? The seven difficult years will consume. And you notice here, Ya'akulna technically is the, is the, is the, is the uh, uh, feminine plural. And years, seven years, that's not a human being. So why do we use the human expression, yeah? they, to refer to uh, non-humans? Well, in, in the Arabic language, and this happens uh, uh, also in the Quran, in, a, in quite a few places, uh, you refer to the non-human things using the plural form of the word or the verb in order to highlight the importance of that thing. Yes. Okay. What did you say? Okay, so the غير aqil when you use the plural form to refer to it, you're actually making it like it's intelligent now in other words, you're elevating its status bringing out the seriousness uh, of that situation now and then we have ياكلون didn't we pass ya'akuluna? did we do it? no no, no, no. We didn't do يأكلون. Okay, we did taquluna. Yes, yes. يأكلون is the masculine plural. يأكلون, the one before, is the feminine plural. يأكلنا. This one is يأكلون. They eat, plural, masculine plural. They eat, use ten places in the Qur'an. And this is a verse from Surat An-Nisa. Uh, and it is part of the... Uh, of the um, the discussion about the verse we just passed about the, the orphans, when Allah says to test them and all that, and give them back their wealth, Allah says, "Inna al-ladina ah, inna al-ladina ya'kuluna al-ittama zulman, inna ma fi butunihim an nara, wasayyasloun sa'ira." And by the way, ya'kuluna was used a second time in the same verse. Inna al-ladina in the next line, inna ma ya'kuluna. Alright, same verb twice. So two two out of the ten places this word was used are right here in this um ayah. Allah says, indeed, those who eat or right, devour, those who eat the property of orphans unjustly. And as Allah mentioned in the ayah before, remember that? Don't do it extravagantly. You're trying to use it up before they you know they get they get bigger and you have to give it back and then you can't use anymore. And Allah says don't 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 do it quickly so that you know you use it up before they, um before they they mature and you have to give it back. So indeed those who eat the property of orphans unjustly are only consuming into their bellies fire. That's what they're eating man. Subhanallah serious. And they will be burned in a blaze. So that's all right, and Subhanallah. You know, often people are fooled by the wealth that they can that they can have by cheating or stealing from others. But if it's orphans, Allah says, "Look, all you're doing there, when you when you consume that wealth from the orphans, you're putting the fire in your belly. That's what you're doing." You know, it's similar to this uh, hadith in Sahih Muslim, in which the Prophet alayhi he uh, he highlighted uh, an important reality an issue for Muslims especially when it comes to disputes he made it clear that the judgment of a judge does not change reality so it does not make the right wrong if a judge based on the evidence produced judges that somebody is innocent or guilty for that matter when that is not true his judgment does not change reality So if he judges that the person is innocent, when the person knows he's actually guilty, halas, the judgment of the judge does not change anything. Prophet says in this hadith, he said, you people come to me to judge in your disputes. And some of you are more eloquent than others, meaning you you can present your case in a better way. And it may be that I judge in favor of the one who is more eloquent, while the right belongs to his brother. So, whomsoever I judge in favor for while the right belongs to his brother, the Prophet says, No, let him know that that is a piece of the hellfire I have given to him. Let him either take it or leave it alone. So, subhanAllah, even after a judge judges, the Prophet ﷺ made it clear that his judgment does not change reality. It doesn't make the right wrong now. No, it's still wrong, man. And all the judge is doing... If you're guilty, is he's giving you a piece of the hellfire. Realize that. So you decide if you want to take it or you want to give it back. Yeah. So, how does it translate in, in the real kind of court system where you know, two lawyers arguing and the judge is giving the verdict, right? Oh, so there is the. You know, no. in, 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 terms, in terms of in practice, the judge, there is no blame on the judge. Because the judge or jury, for that matter, they can only judge or make up their decision based on the evidence that's produced in the arguments in terms of the lawyers who know the truth that's a different issue alright that's a different issue because at the end of the day the um, the the objective of Islamic uh, the criminal system in Islam you know unlike the western system where you know in, in terms of the defense the lawyer's job and priority is to protect his client and defend the client at all costs but in Islam it is to It is to bring about justice, right? To bring out the truth into the open. Um, I really don't know, though, you know, if in Islam a a lawyer is uh, obligated Islamically to do his best to defend his client, knowing that the client is guilty, but he's trying to prove that the guy is not guilty. Um, But what the hadith highlights is that again right we are human beings we don't know uh, a lot of things we don't know we don't know what is in the hearts of people we can only judge based on the arguments and evidences produced so even if a judgment is made in favor of a person and they know that they're guilty then the prophet made it clear that judgment from the judge does not okay things doesn't make it halal it does not make the right wrong right like you hebrews oh i was i was found innocent by the judge so what? That means you didn't do it. That's what they want to believe, right? There are people who commit crimes, assault women, whatever, rape them, whatever, and then you know, in the court system, because of the evidence and you know other issues, um, uh, and I've read recently that uh, you know this is why a lot of women don't report sexual assault, you know, whether it's rape or, or any form, other forms of sexual assault, because um, you know everybody's asking for proof. Where are you going to get proof, Yahi? Subhanallah. <laughs> This is something that happens just like that, right? You don't even have time. You know, you're going to take out your cell phone and do a selfie or something. Where are you going to get proof from, right? So what happens is, because of the system and the law, often a lot of these perpetrators they actually they get off. They they're set free, and they claim, oh look, you know, I'm innocent. The judge didn't find me guilty at all. Oh, prove that he, he was under right. But. The hadith made it clear, if you know you're guilty, that judgment of the judge does not change that reality. It still is the same. And now actually, you have been given a piece of the hellfire. So you decide if you want to keep it, or you just leave it alone. man. Here Allah says, look, the people who eat the property of orphans wrongfully, unjustly, because you can use, if a person is poor, the guardian of the orphan, if they're poor, Allah has allowed them to justly and in reasonable terms you some of the wealth right uh, you know sometimes you got to go to court a lot and, and and things like that subhanallah um you know it costs you money to travel back and forth you're not wealthy fine well so allah says but those who do so unjustly then they need to know that they're only consuming the fire in their bellies that's it yeah no the judge will not be accountable because the judge has done what was required of him and that is to do a proper investigation listening to the arguments on both sides and then without being biased and things like that based on the uh, guidelines of the law he made his judgment so there is no sin on the judge sorry even if he knows you see you're not allowed in Islam to judge based on personal knowledge You can only judge based on the evidence produced despite your personal knowledge of uh, the case. And the Prophet ﷺ, there are examples in the sunnah. Okay? But before we get there, he said in one hadith in in Sahih al-Bukhari that when a judge, when he does his investigation, if he makes a mistake in his judgment, he still gets a reward. And if he's correct in his judgment, then he gets a double reward. Why? Well, he gets a reward, the judge who makes the mistake in his judgment, he gets a reward for following the process. This is what he was obligated to do, and that's what he did. You did your duty, you're rewarded for that. The one who is right in his judgment, all right, he gets a reward for following the process, and he gets a reward for actually being right in reality. But the the point is, even the one who makes the mistake, there is no sin on the person. The Prophet ﷺ says the person gets a reward. There is no sin on them because they have done their duty in doing a proper examination or investigation of the matter. Yep. So, because remember, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala did not oblige us to always be correct in reality. Because to be correct in reality, we need knowledge of people's hearts, and only Allah knows that. We need knowledge of unseen situations that we were never present for. Only Allah knows that. Okay? So, uh, burdening, with any, burdening anyone with, with, with being correct in reality is burdening them with something that is beyond their capacity. Because nobody knows reality all the time. Okay? So, the best a judge can do is listen to the evidence is produced and then, based on the evidence, weigh them out You know, and then decide. Well, what he believes is, you know, the the, the, the guilty or the or the non-guilty person. Yeah. So,
1: so as as, as a Muslim person, can they be a a
0: judge? Why not? Why not? Can a Muslim person be a judge in society? Why not? I don't know that you know, judges have to decide whether the gay lifestyle is acceptable or not. It's not the judges who decide that. All, they, all they're looking at is people's rights, human rights. They're not looking at sexual orientation. They're not looking at ethnicity, language, color your skin, or anything like that. In the law... Right? It's legislation in parliament that determines that. Now, the judge simply has to decide whether this person's right as a human being was violated or not. So, in that case, there is nothing wrong with a Muslim person being a judge, because even if a person is, you know, following the the gay lifestyle, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that we discriminate against the person. That is also wrong. Alright? If, look, what's the worst sin? Disbelief, right? Disbelief. And yet, with the disbelief, the, the disbelievers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it clear that we're obligated to be just with them. So if for the worst sin in Islam, in the Islamic perspective, you still have to be just with them, what about someone who is committing something that is not of the same severity per se? So, um, you know, uh, and one of the things that a lot of Muslims don't realize is that most aspects of, let's say, Western law or law in Canada... It's very, very close and similar to Islamic law. Because the objective is the same. There are there might be some differences here and there, because remember, you know, Kenyan law is, is is written by human beings based on human experience. So obviously you're gonna find some flaws per se. But the objective is still the same to serve justice and to be fair to people and make sure that people get their rights. Alright, we're not always successful in that, but that's the, the basis of the law. That's precisely what Islamic law is all about as well. But okay. I guess the, the, the gay law, the gay marriage law came from the, judge, from the judges, Supreme so Court judges. Okay, but again, what I'm saying is they still looked at it from a human rights perspective. As a Muslim. All right. To, so, that's, that's the, that's the so if you're a Muslim judge and you feel that, uh, you know what, uh, you can excuse yourself, right? SubhanAllah. And, and the law allows you that, right? The law allows any judge uh, who feels that, you know, they, they, they have some kind of connection to the person or to this issue that could, uh, 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 you know, influence or, or cause them to be biased or whatever, they are allowed to excuse themselves from that case. So that's your way out as a Muslim judge, let's say, all right? If you feel that it's, it's going to infringe in, in your ability, you know, in, in, on your belief then yes, you excuse yourself from the case. Mm-hmm. in the same line. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's, you know, it happens to physicians too. Right? Sometimes you have to refer a patient for abortion. What do you do
0: then? Very good, right? The Muslim doctor, you have a patient, you have to refer them for an abortion. What do you do? Right. This, the, 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 you know, the law allows the person to get an abortion. If they come to you and tell you, look, they want an abortion, You can you say, no, 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 you know it's wrong, you do not get an abortion? You can't do that. so may Allah help us may Allah help us yes Yes, uh, certain times we may face some challenges and we do the best we can right we do the best we can at the end of the day we should not discriminate against people though because of a particular orientation or whatever else okay so um, you know you own a store and you you sell whatever and somebody who is you know you know to be gay comes in to buy don't say no I'm not going to sell you because you're gay this is wrong you're discriminating against the person as a human being because as Muslims, we're not barred from selling to non-Muslims, subhanAllah. right? In Medina, Muslims were not the only merchants in Medina. They had a lot of Jewish people and so on who were merchants selling things and Muslims would buy from them and you know other people would buy from the Muslims and things like that. So subhanAllah, um, we are not responsible for certain choices that people make. I mean, we may disagree with the choice, we may believe that it's sinful and all that, but we are not still allowed to discriminate against the person as a human being. And may Allah so Allah may Allah help us and make it easy for us. All right, you know what? It's a little after nine. Any questions? Any other questions? Masha Allah. It's, it's not related to this. I have a question. Uh, maybe everybody will be benefited. Oh, okay. What we
1: uh, say when there is an ayat that said Jannah in the Salah, and what is something in uh, Jannah?
0: We are told in the Hadith that the Prophet alayhi salam, that when he prayed salah and he passed by verses that dealt with jannah he would pause and ask allah for paradise admit me to paradise allahumma jannah or allahumma inni jannah quietly right he didn't say this loudly and then when he when he was praying and he passed he read verses that dealt with the hellfire he would pause and he would say allahumma ajirni minan nar o allah save me from the fire oh, okay. so in this way he used to interact with the quran while he's praying salah so knowing the meaning is very very helpful in helping your concentration in salah um, but you know that doesn't mean that uh, people who don't speak arabic are completely disadvantaged it's helpful but yes yeah, yeah. um, alright so that that's a good question does it have to be in arabic or any other uh, language now my, my, my humble view is when it comes to the fard prayers it has to be in Arabic. Um, why am I differentiating between the fard and the sunnah nafil? Well there's a reason and that reason is we have evidence in the sunnah that the conditions and the requirements of salah are strictly enforced in the fard prayers. But some of these requirements can be relaxed in the nafil prayers. For example if a person has no medical issues, they have to stand in salah for the fard. You cannot sit down and pray. The salah is not valid if in the fard. But then the same person with no medical issue in the nafl or the sunnah, they can sit down and pray. You get less reward because you're not doing the qiyam anymore, but it's, it's acceptable. How? Because the Prophet ﷺ, and this is again, as Ibn Hajar mentions, authentic from the Prophet ﷺ, he once prayed his witter sitting down. He stood up and prayed everything, and then witter he just sat down. And, Ibn, and this was in the early part of the night, right after Isha. So Ibn Hajar, in commenting on this hadith, he said that the Prophet ﷺ did so. He did witter right after Isha, not, uh, not before, before tahajjud. And he did it sitting down. He, Ibn Hajar says to show that it is permissible to do this. In the Nafal prayers, you can sit down. Or, in the case of Witr specifically, you can pray it early if you, if you want. Right. So, we have examples in the Sunnah that the rules of Salah are strictly enforced in the Fard, but you can relax them in the Sunnah. Now, when it comes to this Dua, in Arabic or English, what language, I'm saying in the Fard it should be only Arabic, because the, the scholars have agreed, unanimously agreed, that the Fard prayer must be done in the Arabic language. Based on the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, pray as you've seen me praying. Okay? So, my humble view is, if if it's in the Fard prayer, let it be in Arabic. So, any dua you want to make in the Fard, you know, learn the Arabic of it. But in the Sunnah and the Nafl, Khalas, you're not obliged to do the same thing. Because the Prophet ﷺ, in the case of du'a, he said in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, the closest anyone ever is to his Lord is while he is in prostration. So make as much du'a as possible. And he didn't say what language. So for the sunnah or the naful prayer, I have mashaallah in your sujood or you know whatever. Well, that's the best place actually in sujood because you're closest to Allah. Make du'a in any language. But in the farud, because of this, fatwa from the scholars, the unanimous agreement that it must be done in Arabic language only, I say look if you're going to do it in Arabic, let it be in the far, let it be in Arabic, and Allah knows best, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us what is beneficial to us may he cause us the benefit from what we learn and may he increase our knowledge so that we can better serve him, insha'Allah we'll see you again next week alright, and uh, we'll continue, right yes, Isha is a little bit later now, so Adhan is now on at 9:15 we pray. Yes. Yes, in ruku, he used to he used to make du'a. This is also very clear.